Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Today we're going to go through our best 17 for the Canterbury Bulldogs heading into season 2023. A couple of big signings and off the back of 2022, it was a really good building year for them. It's going to be an interesting season. Now off the top, uh, there is a minor cyclone happening in Alexandria as we speak. So we apologise if there is a bit of wind noise coming through. We've we've waited our fair time for it to stop, Matty. Doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon, does it? No, nah, we just checked the radar. Apparently it's going to go for the next... Eight to ten hours, and we just don't have that time in us, so we thought we'd just push through. Brace yourself. Yeah, it's getting quite loud. To be uh, honest, I, I can't really hear it through my headphones, so hopefully none of you can actually hear that. Um, we're just being super careful. But, yeah, if you do hear some wailing noise in the background, it's not a ghost. It's, yeah, just the wind caught in the trap somewhere. Better not be a fucking ghost. All right. Now, uh, the Canterbury Bulldogs, mate. Um, not a bad year this year. I don't think they did themselves any favour at the start of the season, uh, not picking Flano and whatnot. We sort of spoke about it on Bloke throughout the season. Uh, but it sort of felt like towards the back end of the year, they were really starting to put it together. And with some other key pieces arriving this year, Reed Marmy, Kikau, et cetera, et cetera, um, I like the way, I like the direction that the Canterbury Bulldogs are heading in. Yeah, me too. I think the start of last year, the Bulldogs were... Uh, everyone was quite excited for the Bulldogs because they had Josh Adokar coming. They had Matty Burton coming. Um, but as you said, they, they kind of messed around with their halves a bit at the start and it, and it took a couple of cycles of halves uh, for Flano to stay there permanently. Um, and then obviously in round 10 or 11, Trent Barrett got the flick. So it was a bit of a stagmented start for the Bulldogs. But once Mick Potter took over and... and they started playing a different style of footy. They be, they started to become uh, the team that everyone was excited for at the start of the year. Obviously, you know, they were never going to make the finals or anything this year, but I think a lot of people will be expecting them to have a really good year this year. And I obviously mentioned they've got a couple of big signings on field, off field as well. Come round one, Cam Serraldo is going to be the coach. So that'll be their third head coach in a year. Uh, but Serraldo, a lot of fantastic reports. Obviously, he's been the assistant coach for the Panthers the last few years. Uh, one of the hottest properties in rugby league. Many were after him. Phil Goulds managed to get his paws on him. I will say this, though. 
wasn't that long ago since the same narrative was coming out about Trent Barrett. He was the assistant coach of the Panthers. He was going to be the next big thing. He'd learnt so much. He'd done this. He'd done that. Um, I don't know how you feel, Matty, but I do. And maybe it's just me being hopeful or wishful thinking. I do feel like Seraldo's a little bit different. What are your thoughts? It just feels that way, doesn't it? And like I've always thought this with coaches. I've always like held back when it when it comes to like talking about coaches because you can see a player on the field on the TV. And you judge them on that as fair or as unfair as it is. But as, with a coach, like no one actually knows what's going on inside those walls. So the fact that Cameron Serrato has been so hyped up and he's been talked about so well by Phil Gould, who obviously used to be at the Penrith Panthers, plus, you know, they won the comp. I mean, they won it last year, but they won it two years ago with Burden, Serrato and Kickout all there who are now the dogs. Uh, so, yeah, this, this one does feel a little bit different, but... Uh, yeah, we you can't really go making any like huge predictions. He hasn't coached a first grade game yet officially. Uh, so, yeah. It is a big call from Canterbury though. They've obviously signed him on a five-year deal. So to be signed on a five-year deal before you uh, coach game first grade, uh, it is quite a bit. But uh, I, think, I think that's it's quite crazy to be honest. But um, if that means that Cameron Serrato is a good negotiator, then fair play to him. Yeah, and I think the other side of the coin is too that I agree with you. I think it's crazy. And if Canterbury was being steered around by anyone else other than Phil Gould, mm. I'd be a lot more worried about it. But, I mean, at the end of the day with coaching, even with players and whatnot, no matter how long co- contracts are nowadays, you can get out of them. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. It, they, they are broken so regularly in the NRL. but On both sides as well. Both sides, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, as much as I, the five-year worries me a little bit, um, yeah, I mean, Canterbury have backed their gut in on the field they've got here. So, good on them. Um, now, we mentioned that Reid Marnie and Viliami Kickout are arriving. I think, uh, especially with Reid Marnie, I, I just think he has got the best dummy half pass in rugby league. Have you got anyone that rivals him, Matty? Not really. I know Sam Verrills is pretty sharp at a dummy half, but uh, yeah, Reed Reed Money's right up there, and he's just he's such a big signing for the doggies. I guess because it was done probably about a year ago now. It's kind of, everyone's kind of used to it, but yeah, make no mistake, this is this easily quite obviously could be one of the signings of the year. Yeah, it could be right up there, and if it's not, I think this one also could be Viliami Kickout who. Has anyone, I don't know if it's been hyperbolic or whatever, but I honestly think that over the last year, he's become one of the most complete players in rugby league. Like when you talk about, Kikau just used to be the biggest guy on the field. Yeah. yeah? And, and it's all good and well to be the biggest guy on the field. It's a great little asset to have. But he slowly just transitioned into having some of the best hands in rugby league. I mean, as far as forwards go, I know we have our lock forwards like our Isaiah Yos, our Radleys, these sort of guys who are incredibly talented with what they do. I don't think that any of those guys could have played the role that Viliami Kickout did for the Penrith Panthers last year to play too wide and almost like as a second 5'8 at different times. Some of the lines he was running, he really just showed a completely new dimension to his game over the last year. And as I said, I might be a little bit hyperbolic, but there's no other second rower that has done what Viliami Kickout has done for the last year. Throw on top of that, the skill set is great. He is still the biggest guy on the field and he can just run over you at any given point. I think he's going to be a huge addition, mate. Yeah, it's crazy. And the narrative that you actually like to run with, which I really like, is the absolute stinger he had in the grand final in 2020 and how he's kind of come. Like, he was always, like, back then he was still a great player, but, like, how much more complete he is now, it's it's just crazy. And I think he was a little underrated last year for their for Penrith's premiership. They, they He was really, really fucking good last year. 
Mate, he gave them a whole new dimension. Like, when you think about the year before that when they won the comp, it was sort of like Matt Burton. He was playing sort of a second 5'8 sort of role, just yeah. one wider. Then then he left, and you sort of thought, okay, it's going to be Jerome Luai's time. He's going to explode now. Kickhouse sort of just took over that role. It, it, it was incredible. So I'm very keen to see what happens this year with that Penrith edge. I know, I know we're talking about Canterbury, but I'm, I can't wait to see how well Jerome Luai is going to go now that he takes control of that side again. Um, now with Kickhouse, I think the other beauty of this, and you mentioned it as well, mate, he gets paired up with Matty Burton. So they've had a combination before. We've already seen the combo that Burton has with Josh Adokar. Might be the best combo between a winger and a half in the NRL. I would say it almost definitely is. They're incredible. Chuck a kick out in there. Um, mate, I reckon that edge, depending on who lands at centre, which we'll talk about in a minute, obviously Aaron Shop, he was going to be there. He's made the move to the Gold Coast Titans. So there is a spot there. And as far as spots that are available in rugby league coming into 2023, mate, is left centre for Canterbury the best real estate out there or what? Oh, he'd love to be in it. Like, just think about that. You've got Addo Carl on the wing, who right now is the hottest talk of the town, just the way he's performed at the World Cup. And obviously what happened with Origin and stuff, like, it's just, it's such a great story. Then you got Matty Burton, who's been absolutely killing it the last few years. And then you throw in Kikau, as you said. Yeah, whoever gets that left centre spot, like, fuck, shot. If it was if it was shop, because obviously shop's a gun, like, let's just say... For argument's sake, it was him. Like, if it were two weeks in the past, um, man, that would have been one of the, if not the best left edge in the comp, rivaling Penrith, obviously, because they've lost kick But, I mean, and this is the beauty of it. You go from Cam Serrato, who has helped out a lot with that Panther side, on that left edge, you bring Kiko in, you bring Burton in, you've already mm. got Fox, who's the uh, arguably the best winger in rugby league. Mate, that left edge could be lethal this year. I cannot wait to watch it. Um, Now, we've got our best 17 that we've written down here, and there are a couple of spots where we've got a few names written down. I think the vast majority of this team uh, sort of picks itself. At fullback, uh, he started the year at halfback last year. We always said it was ridiculous. I absolutely love this guy as a footballer, Jake Avarillo. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm not convinced that fullback is his spot just yet. I'm not exactly sure where he's spotted. I know for sure it's not fucking hard. Halfback, I'll tell you that for free. But Jake Avrillo, I think he is my first choice. One, is he a walk-up fullback for you in this team, Matty? He is, but let me just run run you through a few things. So Jake Avrillo has played 54 NRL games, and now I'm just going off blocks here. I'm just like going so – the first 10 games was bench, wing, centre. The next 10 or so were all at 5'8". The next, I would say, 15, except for one, were all at halfback. The next 10 after that were at centre, and then since then he's been fullback. So he's been absolutely everywhere. Um, again, always liked Avarillo, but I was of, of the opinion, as you were, as a lot of people were, that Flanagan should have been the halfback. So I was a bit off of that at the start of the year. And for that reason, wasn't as on him as I am right now because once he moved to fullback, he was, a, he was incredible. He was so good. So I think for that reason alone, he's the fullback for me. But you're right. I don't know if that's his best position, but I think for this team right now... It, Fullback definitely is. And I think you would have to assume, respectfully to Avrilo and Flanagan, I think that Canterbury, they'd be in the market to sign a gun one or a seven. And I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they do end up with a one. Obviously, a lot of talk about Stephen Crichton over the last few months following Serraldo there. If he does land there, he would play fullback. So I've got a feeling, unfortunately, uh, that Avrilo's not going to play out his entire career at fullback. I think he will be a guy... Reminds me a little bit like Kurt Mann. I think he can just sort of play everywhere, and I think he's probably going to be a victim of that. But what, as do, it stands, what do you think his best position is? Oh, I was hoping you weren't going to ask me this. Huh. Um, I, I just wanted to jump in so you wouldn't ask me. Fullback or centre? 
Yeah. One of the two, I don't know which one it is. I love him at fullback, but I, and I'm more than happy for him to prove me wrong. I don't think he's ever going to be an elite one. Uh, I also don't think he'll ever be an elite centre, but fuck, he's just a handy guy to have in your team. Similar mm. to Kurt Mann. Yeah. Fantastic to have him. I know it's going to give him many headaches throughout his uh, career, but fuck, he's just such a handy guy to have in your side. So as it stands right now, Avrilo, he's going to be at fullback for Canterbury for us on the wings. Um, do these two pick themselves, mate? Josh Adokar, I know that he's an automatic. And I think Kiraz. Now, there's been words that Kiraz could potentially play in the centres. I'd be keeping him on the wing as it stands right now. I think he's the second best winger at the club, and I think that the gap from him to whoever would be next... I think it's a pretty noticeable gap in my opinion. So Fox and Kiraz, are they your automatics on the wings? Yeah, and we don't we don't need to really rush Kiraz into centre. Like no one knew who he was a year ago. So mm. um yeah, obviously the Fox, but Kiraz again, be like I really was so good at the back end of last year. So um yeah, I'd be keeping Kiraz on the wing. Yeah, I'm hoping Canterbury don't outthink the room on that one. I I just love Fox and Kiraz. Centers. Um We've got four names written down here. Obviously, with Aaron Chop leaving, he would have been the automatic for me. Yeah. He's gone. So there's four names. I think we both agree, Matty. I think it's more than likely out of the four, Braden Burns, he'll probably be the first choice guy. I think he'll be the first one to get a jersey. Do you agree? I think so, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to lock Braden Burns in on one side. I think he'll probably be the right centre. Left centre, as we said, really good real estate. It'll be interesting to see who gets this jersey. I've got three more names written down here. First one is Paul Alamotti. You all know I've spoken about him for quite some time here on Bloke and whatnot. Um, he got an opportunity last year in a trial to play. Um, didn't go too well, missed a number of tackles, sort of struggled a little bit. As I said then, I'll say it again, you need to remember that these young guys coming through, a lot of them because of COVID, they haven't been able to play Jersey Flag. They haven't been able to play New South Wales Cup, all this stuff. So a guy like him is a classic example. He went from playing a couple of years of SG ball that was sort of scattered because of COVID, never playing against grown men, then all of a sudden showing up at an NRL trial and sort of getting shown up a little bit. He's come back from that. He's done really well, Paul Alamotti. So I'm hoping he gets a shot this year. Another one is Skelton. Now, this is a guy that's probably going to be unknown to most of you, Gerald Skelton. He came over from Rugby Union mid-season last year. Very, very talented, big body. Uh, I reckon if he lands at left centre, he could be one of the guys to watch next year. He could really explode. He also does play on the wing. So the other option is that they could maybe move Kiraz to the centres if they wanted to, play Kiraz out on the sting. Uh, But I think at some point, uh, you will see this skeleton at some point. Huge body. Broke a zillion tackles in New South Wales Cup, especially your um, super coach sort of players. If he gets in, he's going to be an absolute must-have. The other one, and he debuted last year, was pretty impressive, Declan Casey. He can play a range of positions. I'm not sure if centre is his best spot, whereas I think Alamotti and Skelton, I think centre is probably their best spot to be, Alamotti in particular. So Declan Casey obviously made his debut last year. He was impressive in the games that we saw. I believe he's more of a fullback. He only played about three games last year. He actually, I think when he made his debut, Boo, he, he had a bit of a shocker from memory. Yeah, well, he had a, a couple of errors, and then I think he got knocked out really bad. Yeah, it was awful. But then he came back, and his games after that I thought were really well, impressive. Well, yeah, his comeback game was super good. It's mm. like, because he would have had zero confidence coming into that game. So, yeah, I remember it being a pretty big deal. Yeah, because he came back, and he scored. He had a try. He had two, two line breaks as well. That was against South, actually. 
Yeah, that's why I remember Lost it. that game, yeah. Uh, other than that, he played fullback round 19, then he came off the bench in round 25. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've got a few options there. Matty, if I told you to put money on someone to be the left centre, have you got a direction you're sort of looking at at the moment? I think I think it's pretty safe money that it's going to be Paul Almighty. Mm-hmm. Um, just going off his New South Wales Cup, kind of, I know stats don't tell everything, but I had a look at this earlier. I think he kind of... He was he played centre all year in reserve grade, and his stats reflect that he kind of improved or or like as the season went on, especially from about round twenty onwards. Uh, just a bunch of tackle breaks, you know, all his tries came in the last like ten weeks, a few tries here, and his tackle efficiency for the year as a centre was eighty six percent, and like which is you know fine for a centre, especially when as you say at the start of the year he had an absolute shocker in the NRL trial, so. Um, yeah, I think he has earned his spot uh, as left centre for the Bulldogs next year. Now, uh, as you said, his number's very impressive. I just want to give you a rundown on this skeleton I've been talking about. Uh, as I said, came over from Rugby Union halfway through last year. He only played six games. In those six games, he scored three tries. He had three line breaks. He broke 42 tackles in six games. Wow. Yeah, so he, he's one to keep an eye on. And I, I know what you're thinking, oh... Big body, breaking tackles. How's he going defence? He missed three tackles in six games. So another one just to keep an eye on. I wouldn't be surprised if he does manage to land a spot. At centre, he averaged 136 run metres. As I said, tackle efficiency was up at 93%. Uh, he is one just to keep an eye on. He uh, in, in, in two of those games, he came off the bench as well. But in the uh, five games that he played centre... Uh, he absolutely killed it. They uh, actually they, they didn't lose a game with him at centre. They, they had one draw and that was it. So with a full preseason under his belt, first year playing league, of course, I reckon Skelton is also one to watch. And I reckon that this is going to be one of the one of the topics in the preseason, Matty, that I think we're going to spend quite a bit of time on. Yeah, there's and a I'm, couple and of young guys there really going at it. And for this reason is why it's so great that I don't know if it's more the NRL or more Fox or if it's a combination that they're broadcasting every single trial. Yeah. Fantastic. It was great last year and I'm already excited for it this year, even though it's months away. How shit was it when we were kids and you used to have to get up on a Sunday morning and read about 15 words about each trial with a scoreline? It'd give you no indication of what actually happened in it or whatever. And everyone would oh, be yeah. basing their predictions for the season based on random score lines from Coffs Harbour that we had no footage on. I was actually thinking about this on the weekend. I was talking to it with my mate. Like, don't think it's funny that it was just 10 years ago that not every game, NRL game, was live every week? Yeah. Like, how fucked is that? That, like, if I was waiting for South to play on Sunday Arvo, I'd have to fucking lock down in my room from three to four. And not only that, when the game finally starts and then an ad break comes on and you have to wait 15 minutes for... Fuck it! It was ter- it was a terrible time. Oh mate, it was First outrageous. Problem, terrible time. Every time there used to be a scrum, you'd, you'd get an ad break. Oh, it was, it was wild. It was the worst. Oh, I was just thinking that. I remember when I was like 13, 14, used to do a paper run every um, Sunday morning. So I'd get up at like four a.m. go and deliver papers for a couple of hours, and I never forget. When it was February, I'd pick up all the papers. The first thing I'd do when I got out in the street is I'd hide behind a garage or something, <laughs> open it up to see the scores from the trials the night before. Because you didn't see it on Facebook, you didn't see it on social media, nothing. Just a completely different time, eh? That's so funny. And you think 10 <laughs> years before that, there's not a hope in hell you would have known what happened mm. in a trial the night before. So we've come a long way and it is great to see that they all will be televised during the preseason, especially you, Supercoach, Fantasy, whatever the hell you're into. Uh, absolutely great for you. So that sort of covers the centre spots. Uh, uh, there is a spot up for grabs there, so we'll see how it plays out. 
Burton at six, Flanagan at seven. Uh, no brainer, right? I mean, even if you wanted to pick someone else, I don't know who the fuck they'd pick in this squad, to be honest with you, which brings me to my next point. Depth is a little bit of a worry mm. in their halves because, and I mean, it's the same for most sides. One, if you were to lose a halfback or a five-eight, you're in all sorts. But I mean, if they lose Flanagan, I really worry about Burton on his own. If they lose Burton, I worry about the whole franchise. To be honest with you, so that's yeah. the one spot that I'm a little bit worried about Canterbury, mate. Yeah, I agree. And we did the Knights one the other day, and I I kind of kicked myself afterwards, like reading the comments and thinking, like they they kind of weak on depth as well, Newcastle, mm. and we didn't really talk about that, but like. That certainly is a problem for them, and you're right in this case as well. A couple of injuries, which is going to happen, then, yeah, they might be in a bit of trouble. But, it, I, again, you're right. Like, if you don't pick Flanagan at seven, which he is, by the way, he's definitely the halfback, and, it, and he should have been the halfback yep. for many months before a minimum. Um, the, who else are you going to pick? Yeah, mate, the difference for me between this Canterbury side and Newcastle side, though, at least Newcastle, they've got Kurt Mann, who we couldn't fit into our 13, uh, and he can cover just about any position. Even if you were to have an injury in the front row, Kurt Mann into 13, you, you can shift your lock up into the front row, like, like an Adam Elliott, for example. So I just think that he can cover every position, whereas Canterbury, they just don't have that guy. If, if anyone's that guy, it's probably Averillo, mm. but he has to be at one because there's no back, other choice. Yeah, yeah true. So I, I worry about their key positions. If if they have, even if a hooker goes down, I'm a little bit worried about them as well. Anywhere in their spine gets injured, uh, it does worry me. Let's get into their forward pack though, mate, because the, the halves pick themselves. We probably don't have to touch on those two anymore. No. Forward pack, um, Luke Thompson up front and Max King. Yeah. Um, you could start with a Tavita Pangai Jr. or Ryan Sutton. There's options there, but I just think Thompson and Max King, I think they're the two best and most consistent front rowers at the club. I think you have to start with them up front. Well, Thompson, I mean, he, he was out a lot with uh, concussion last year, but he's easily one of their leaders up front. And Max King was arguably their most improved player last year. So I think those two definitely deserve their spot. And having a Tavita on the bench is is great. So I think it's just a win all around if that's the rotation. And this is the beauty of Thompson and Max King. Both can play large minutes. Yep. Um, in particular, Max King, very underrated. There was a couple of times early in his career where he played 80 minutes in the front row for the Titans and stuff. Very, very talented guy. Nice offload. So the beauty of it is you can play Thompson and Max King for big minutes. You can give TPJ 25 minutes to say, hey, Wreak havoc. Stay on the fucking field for me. Yep. But wreak havoc. Go berserk. Uh, front row there, Luke Thompson, Max King, I like those. The back rowers, Viliami Kikau, he will pick himself on the left edge. Uh, I don't think we need to touch on Kikau anymore. The other side's a little bit more interesting. Uh, you've got guys like Corey Waddell. You've got Andrew Davey arriving at the club. For me, though, and I think he might be one of the most slept players, uh, slept on players in this competition simply because of the poor injury run he's had, Raymond Fitala Mariner, RFM, he is a superstar just waiting to have a good run, isn't he? His injury was just so shit. Like, because didn't he injure his foot and then they fucked up the procedure or something? He was out for Correct. like two years or something. Yeah. So, and he is, he is a fantastic player. And I know when, it, when he made his return and like Bulldogs would post about him and stuff, you just click on the comments. The Bulldogs fans they love, him. love him. Yeah. Love him. So... If he just needs to get a full year, and I'm, I'm sure he will, but yeah, he, he's he's such a good player. And I could be mistaken, but I believe even before his injury started was when Dean Pay wasn't really picking him, wasn't mm. utilising him. So his last three years have just been a nightmare. If he can get an injury-free season this year, I think he's going to explode Raymond Vitale Mariner. So yep. is, is he the if he's fit, is, is he the automatic choice on that right yeah, edge for you? Yeah, I think so. 
I was saying it before, I'm a big fan of Corey Waddell. Mm. I think he's really good. And obviously Davey, but I mean, they both came from Manly. Yes. Yep. Um, and, you know, they both played well for me. Like, obviously, Waddell's been there a bit now. But, um, yeah, those two, I'm, I'm, I'm fans of both of those two players. I know Davey's, I think, a little older. But, mm. um, yeah, I think I think Ray's definitely the, the starting one. And then they, they can fight out bench positions. Yeah, and obviously uh, this is off the back of the retirement of Josh Jackson, who, mm. uh, mate, I'm not sure if they've filled or used that spot either. So there is the opportunity for them to still purchase someone else uh, yeah. during this offseason as well. Now, Josh Jackson, he played on the edge for the vast majority of his career. Did play in the lock forward role on a couple oh, on many occasions, to be fair. Probably more than I would have liked, to be honest with you. The 13 jersey becomes really interesting and who's going to take it. You have a look through their squad I'll be honest with you, there really isn't a standout. I mean, I'm having a look through there on their website and the only player that they've actually got written down as a lock is Max King, who I'm not going to play him at 13. I want him to be playing in the front row. I think he needs to play in the front row. So me and Matty, we've both got the same bloke. I've loved this bloke for eternity. Everyone I hear at Canterbury raves about him, absolutely loves him, but they never fucking pick him and I can mm. never understand why. Jackson Topine, I, I said at midway, oh, starter last year, I think that he needs to be the lock forward. I would love to see him given a 10-week stretch where they say to him, this jersey is yours. It's yours until origin. We'll see how it goes. Don't give him a two-week stint. Give him a, a long stint where he can play that role and get used to it because another one, I think this guy has massively slept on in the NRL. I think Canterbury fans that watch their New South Wales Cup know just how good he is. I feel like the rest of the NRL, they just don't realise how talented uh, this guy is yet, Matty. Yeah, every time I turn on Fox and, like, the reserve grader playing, he's one of the standouts in that team. He, he had such a good year in that New South Wales Cup team last year. I think he, you know, he tackled his dick off. He's, you know, he does, you know, all, all that he needs to do in attack, plus, like, I mean, all the shit work, plus then he's got all that skill. So yeah. I think he is a lock for the lock. He's also a guy that, if you need to, he can play hooker as well, so he can give you a little bit of coverage. Uh, he, like He's one of those guys, you could just play him anywhere in the forward pack. He's not the biggest guy in the world. But I'll tell you what, if they had injuries in the front row and they said to Depine, we need you to play there, he'd go, yep, good as goal. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's just that sort of a guy. I I can't believe he hasn't been given more opportunities, mate. Nah, totally agree. Maybe I'm being maybe I'm being sitting next to you too much. Because I, I, <laughs> I do talk about him a lot, so there is a good chance that that has happened. But, but, no, but every time I... Er, honestly... Because I'll, I'll watch New South Wales Cup, the I think it's the one o'clock game most most weekends, um, and every time the Bulldogs were playing, he was just unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah, and what, it's so bizarre. Everyone you talk to at Canterbury loves him. Mm. They all rave about him. Every single every single person I talk from Canterbury loves him. Just can't get a gig. It's bizarre. Hopefully, he gets his shot this year. Well, now it's a fresh start with Serato. You'd think so. You'd have to think so, yeah. surely. Um, all right, let's have a look at our bench now. Jersey fourteen. Most teams like to run with a utility or a second hooker. They don't really have a set. Oh, I mean, they've got a couple of guys that can play hooker. Beyond Iodo, he was obviously coming on and playing a little bit last year. Uh, he probably hasn't kicked on as well as I would have expected him to at this point. Uh, there's another option that you could play the guy that misses out in the centres, whether it's a Declan Casey and Alamotti. You could just bring an extra outside back with you. The other one they've got there is Hayes Perham, uh, who's a guy that could come in, can play a range of positions. I've always really liked him. Uh, I think he's got a, a few more levels that he can go to. Or, Matty, the other one who we didn't actually speak about pre-show. Mm -hmm. Grub, Josh Reynolds. Oh, man, true. I he could potentially him. snag a 14 spot. And, I mean, I, I haven't watched him train. I haven't seen, he's obviously getting older, Josh Reynolds. But 
He's just Canterbury through and through. He could jump into the halves. He could play a bit of nine. I don't like. I think if you had Josh Reynolds there, barring an injury, I don't think you you need more than twenty minutes out of him. But that twenty minutes, he could turn a game on its head, mate. I'm I'm with you. I haven't I haven't seen him play for ages. But man, when they put that post up a week or two ago of him back at Belmore, like I've no affiliation with the Bulldogs whatsoever. But it even you know made my hair stand up on my on my arms a bit. It was it was so good. But yeah. If he can get back to even a small percentage of the player he was and he gets thrown on the bench a couple of games this year, that'd be great. I think it's even worth having him in the team just to have him on the bench, just to have him in the sheds before the game. He is He's Canterbury through and through, Josh Reynolds. I don't reckon anyone's going to get you more hyped. I'll tell you what, if I was you know head coach Canterbury, I think I'd pick Josh Reynolds just so he can sit next to Tavita Pangai Jr. whilst he's on the bench and talk to him. Mm. Just get him primed and ready to go. So... Mate, the, he's the fourth name, the third or fourth name I had written down as that 14th. The more I talk about it, the more I'm moving him to the front just quietly. I'd love him there, but if I'm if I'm not going to go him, I'll, I'll personally go Bailey. I think he covers enough of those positions, and uh, you, you, he hasn't. You're right, he hasn't really kicked on, but he's only played a handful of games. Like, yeah, exactly. He, he's got so many games to do that, so I, I think he's a good choice. Just on this, do you think Reed will be an 80 minute hooker there? Um. I know I've put you on the spot and there's a lot to think about there, but yeah, you obviously can do it. Do you want him doing it, though, if you don't have to? I mean, I I can't give a conclusive answer right now. I don't know. Because he didn't play 80 last year, did he? There was bits and pieces where he did. Yeah. But for a lot of the season, he didn't know. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I mean, maybe not. Maybe not to start the year. Maybe not start. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't know what I'm basing that off though. I just it's it's a t- it's a tough question. I'm not sure. I really put you in a fucking pretzel there. What do you I? what do you reckon? Um, I would like to see him play 80 minutes. Uh, and I also, I mean, if if we get the very best out of Josh Reynolds, we can get the best out of him for 20 minutes. I'm happy for him not to play 80, but I'm not convinced that Beyond Iodo is the answer at nine. I don't, I don't think he had the impact that I, I wanted him to have last year. If one of them can improve, I'll have a different conversation. But at the moment, I just think Reid Marnie is just so good with ball in hand, so good in defence that well, obviously, he can play Obviously, Marnie's like the best, and I'd love to see him play 80, but but I want Marnie to be kicking 40-20s in the 77th minute as well. Like, yeah. I don't, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Now... Our next two spots on the bench, I think they picked themselves. I think Tavita Pangai Jr., um, I know he's got a lot of downfalls and whatnot, but there's no doubt whatsoever on his day he's one of the best players in this competition. He has to be in this team, no questions asked. As a punt, you're going to get rocks and diamonds, but he's just got to be there, doesn't he, Matty? Oh, yeah. When he's on, he's on, and that's why he's perfect for this bench spot. Yeah, and you've just got to – and I will say this, I think the best – Eight-week stretch of Tavita Pango Jr.'s career was probably when he was at the Penrith Panthers. Seraldo was there then. So I'm just mm, hoping true. that 
there's a rub-on effect there, and hopefully we can get the best out of TPJ. So he picks himself. Ryan Sutton, who they've signed from the Canberra Raiders, I absolutely love him as a middle forward. Uh, he's another one that if they weren't going to play to Pine, I could understand them playing Sutton at 13, but I'd rather a little bit of uh, upside into Pine. But Ryan Sutton, he's an automatic there. you got one spot left, and for me it comes down to two names, Corey Waddell, Andrew Davey. Um, I'm Team Davey, to be honest with you. I, I think what he did for Parramatta a couple of years ago was incredible. Manly last year, I mean, we all spoke about all priests and we spoke about how Josh Schuster's going to be this absolute superstar. He's going to blow the season away for Manly. He couldn't get in the fucking team because Andrew Davey was doing so well. I love everything about Davey. Corey Waddell's got a bit of upside. I think you're a uh, Corey Waddell man, aren't yeah, you? If I'm I right hand to you. Yeah, if I had to pick, I think Waddell's got a bit about him. I think we... You know, he gets through a lot of work with Dell, but also mm. he's, he's he's very skillful and you know he's quite big. I mean, so is Davy, but you couldn't go wrong with either of them. That I know that that stretch that Davy had last year. It's a shame that his career has been a little hampered with injury. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably go with Dell to start the year. Tell you what, it's a real sliding doors moment when he did his ACL a couple of years ago at Parramatta. He was out playing Ryan Madison and Sean Lane, who were the other edges at that point in time. I'll say he was out playing Sean Lane on the left edge too. So Sean Lane only got that spot back once Andrew Davey left. So real sliding doors moment. Obviously, Sean Lane's turned into one of the premier back rows in our game, but Davey's got a lot of ability. But as you said, you can't go wrong with either of them. Mm. Um, And I mean, if Kikau or RFM gets injured or anything at any point throughout this year, two very handy replacements to bring in. There's going to be injuries. So whoever steps up when they get their chance, because they'll both get a game in the first month or so you'd, you'd assume so uh, yeah we'll see how the start of the year pans out I guess and I think that's the other thing about Canterbury at least in the forwards they have got a bit of depth they have got obviously you, you got Davey and Waddell whichever one doesn't make the side they'll probably be your 18th man each week Chris Patolo um, an interesting one that we didn't mention his name mate Franklin Pele coming over from the Sharkies uh, yeah. the Newtown juggernaut from last year I, I don't know I do find it strange that the Sharks have let him go in saying that Sharks have got a pretty their forward pack, there's a lot of depth there, but they just lost Tolman, Fafita, et cetera. So I don't know. It worries me a little bit that he's been released when he was going so good. I wonder if there's a bit more to that. Uh, but from what I've seen, this guy could be absolutely anything. Oh, he's he's so – I didn't, I'm pretty sure he got banned from doing weights or something because he was getting too big. Yeah, he got told to put down the weights because he was he – was yeah, he was getting too big. Was every, issue. every time – like on Twitter you see the name Franklin Pelle, like he's just done something crazy in New South Wales yeah. Cup. You're, you're right. The Sharks – I, I love the Sharks next year, but um, they've, they've got a lot of players in that position. So maybe they just thought he'd probably have a better opportunity elsewhere. And I hope that is the case because I want to see Franklin Pella. He's He looks the goods. Yeah, well, he was well on his way to having a statue put up at uh, Henson Oval just oh, quietly for yeah. Newtown. Absolutely demolishing it. So... Was it him that scored that full-length try? Sure was. Fuck me dead. <laughs> Where he bursts through and he just took on the fullback and burned him. Oh. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, absolute weapon. So fingers crossed we can see him in first grade. I'm sure we will at some point. Um, touch wood, Luke Thompson gets to play the full season. Hopefully he doesn't have any uh, more concussion problems next year and we get to see uh, him play the full season. But if we do get to see Pele come in, uh, I am very, very excited about him. Uh, mate, Canterbury, I really like this team. I think they improve. As we said last week, same as Newcastle. There's a lot of teams in the bottom eight that I look at and go, oh, they're going to improve out of sight. And at the end of the day, they can't all improve out of sight, ladder-wise. Where do you, I, I sort of put Canterbury along with Newcastle. I think they're a team that should finish 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th around that mark. I think anything below 11th would be hugely disappointing for Canterbury. Um, but once again, my 8, 9, 10, 
those three spots, it's getting taken up by about nine teams at the moment. It's getting very crowded. Where do you sit on Canterbury? I think before we do the next one, I'm going to go home and do my actual ladder so I can have an answer for you. But I've got Canterbury above Newcastle at the moment. Um, but I but you're but I still have them in the same bracket, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. I, I've got them, you know, just poking their nose in the finals, maybe, you know, anything under twelfth is a big disappointment. Same as the Knights, but if I had Knights versus Canterbury, I probably have the Bulldogs just ahead of them right now. Um yeah, but next time I'll come with the ladder, ready to go. Guns ahead, Canterbury, top eight, twenty twenty three, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Yep. I, I my my gun to head is they just miss. I think yep. they just miss, but they keep improving. Um, yeah, they're going to have a good side, though. Canterbury definitely heading in the right direction. So very, very exciting times there. Uh, guys, stay tuned. A couple of days, we are gonna have, we're going to go through the Penrith Panthers and their best 17 for 2023. A lot of changes. Obviously, Kikau's left, Appy's left. New guys have come into the side. So there will be a couple of changes to this team. We'll talk about that uh, in a couple of days. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for joining us once again. We'll see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.